This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Susan Gerbic is a photographic and skeptical activist from California. She contributes to the Skepticality podcast and Skeptical Inquirer magazine. In addition to co-founding the Monterey County Skeptics, she leads a group called Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia. We've actually had her on the show before, but the reason I wanted to talk to her now is because uh, she's been working on some issues that she wanted to talk to us about, and I really, I'll let her take the lead from here. So Susan, thanks for joining me again. Well, thank you, Hemet. I am so excited to be back on. I don't know if you've had a guest that's been on twice or very maybe. rarely. It's a, it's a special Ooh. small group. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> um, so hopefully, in people will listen to the first episode interview we did, which was a, a while back. But it gives more background on what GSOW does and who I am, how I came to become a skeptical activist, how I became an atheist. That you know, all that background that's all there. But today I kind of wanted to talk about a few other things that, you know, I, I really was trying to figure out where would I like to talk about this to. And I thought your audience would probably get it. And that's kind of where I want. Well, that's to go. awesome. So, yeah, uh, I'll let you lead the way. What is it about spreading information and Wikipedia in, in particular that that you wanted to talk about? Well, Speaking, going back, you had done an interview with a, U, a young YouTuber named Alex O'Connor, and um, listeners can, I'm sure they've already heard that. But yeah, I, so Alex is a, a YouTuber that uh, he didn't start too long ago. It may have been uh, sometime like summer or fall of last year. I saw, I started watching his videos and I just found them, they were well-made, they were simple, and it helps that this was just a really young guy who kind of came out of nowhere and he was going after simple uh, kind of atheism 101 stuff. It's a lot of the stuff I talk about in some of my videos, too. Um, but I just really enjoy them. I tried to share them on my website, and I had a chance to hit, talk to him for this podcast as well. And yeah, and so I'd never heard of him either. And and that was kind of the whole deal. I, I listen to your podcast a lot when I walk in the morning. And so I'm not able to really Google anything or look at YouTube videos or anything as I'm walking. I just hopefully when I get home, I think, oh, yeah, I've got to check that out. I got to, <laughs> you know, maybe I should take a pencil and paper with me or something when I'm walking so I can, you know, I think a lot of people do that as well or driving or gardening or whatever. And they don't go to the show notes um, they don't look things up a lot because what? they don't, well, go to you know, cause they forget, know. you know, it happens. <laughs> it's on to something else already by the time they get home. But I, as I was, as soon as I got home from my walk, I said, okay, I've got to send you an email because I just felt like we as a community need to do more to recommend each other, to inspire each other, to use the the work that others are doing to kind of help spread the community even further. Because I, I know it seems like we might be in competition with each other. I'm on a totally different podcast, Skepticality, which is the oldest podcast, Indeed. Skeptic podcast ever. By one week, we outdo um, uh, the SGU. <laughs> just, just a little note there. And um, so 
I think we need to do a better job of that. I think we already are, but we're such a tiny community, the atheists, the skeptics, the critical thinkers, the science community as a whole is small. I mean, there's probably more golfing podcasts out there. I don't know. I don't know. But we really, I think, need to do a better job of of supporting each other and so just uh, to, recommending. Just to add be- to before we discuss that, I hear from a lot of people who say, you know, I would like to blog or I'd make a podcast or make videos. But the problem isn't that I can't make them. I can do those things, but how do I actually get readers? And this goes to the heart of, or, or viewers or listeners or whatever, because it seems, I think, for a lot of people who don't have a platform, how do you actually get your stuff in, in front of someone else's eyeballs or their ears? How do you actually do that? And, you know, I know for my end... Uh, I mean, I could speak to this from what I've done myself, but sometimes like when I saw Alex's videos, it's like, okay, well, the one thing I can do is share it on my platform and hopefully that'll, that'll attract some other people to it. Totally agree. Now, I'm also kind of half in another part of my mind is, uh, you know who Tim Farley is from yeah. What's the Harm, right? It's a so great website. Tim- Oh, it is. What's the harm.net, I believe. And he's uh, always been kind of a mentor to me. He's got great ideas. And one of the things he pro- he proposes is that we probably don't need more blogs. We probably don't need more podcasts because we're already saturated with an awful lot. And the content that's being that's put out there is is, you know, it's going to hit it. It's going to gain an audience or not. So unless you have a new way of looking at it, a new uh, approach, maybe it's better to do something that's different. You know, like uh, Alex suggested, I think, going on Instagram and trying to start a, right. you know, something, an area that hasn't been done. So in, so part of me does believe that I've already got way too much content to listen to. But I think if you have something different to, to give to the conversation, I think that might be something more worthwhile. Um, and I do believe that we're completely missing out in non-English speaking podcasts. There are almost no non-English speaking um, uh, podcasts, blogs, uh, organizations out there. There's there's some, but we haven't even barely touched on it. I mean, this there's is so something that, that I know Christians do uh, really, really well, which is that if you go to some of the biggest mega churches in the country... Sure, they may have several services over the course of a weekend just to make sure everyone who wants to can be a part of it, but they also will have a Spanish language sermon delivered by somebody else, but kind of with the same message. Um, And it works because it's spreading the same message to a wider audience, which is kind of the whole point of what you're getting at. Um, Let me me, uh, pick apart a little bit about what you're saying there, which is that, yes, there are a ton of blogs out there. There are a ton of podcasts out there. Um, let me play devil's advocate for a little bit. There are also a ton of books on every conceivable subject, but people are still writing books. So is there, I would not go so far as to say you should not blog or you should not try to do a podcast. I would just keep in mind that, you know, a lot of the things that you may want to write about or talk about have probably been done before. The one thing you may have going for you, whoever you is, is that you have your own voice, uh, a younger, I mean, man, I'm like in my, I don't even (laughs) want to say anymore, but I'm like 34 now. 
uh, there are people who are way younger than me who don't read blogs, who probably don't really pick up books so as their sources of information. Um, but YouTube is really great for them, that that's a, that's a better way for them to communicate. It's more popular. But at some point, YouTube's going to go out of style, too. So the question is, where do you go next? And Richard Dawkins is not going to be the person to inhabit that space, almost certainly. And it probably won't be me, either. So the question, like we were getting at with uh, Alex, is like, okay, Instagram, that seems to be a big thing for a lot of young people. I sure as hell don't know what I do with Instagram. I think I have an Instagram, but I don't really use it. Um, but there's got to be a smart way to use that to spread ideas about skepticism, about atheism, what have you. And I'm sure there's going to be new technology coming out in the next whatever minute or two that'll also <laughs> be really good. And I would love to see more people embrace whatever the newer technologies are as a way to spread the message. And like you're saying, doing it in a different language, doing it in a different format than what you're used to hearing. I mean, that's, we could use that. And, and I'm so glad you asked me this follow-up because I will let me clarify what I was going to say is that it isn't so what Tim Farley is saying is we've got enough skeptical podcasts out there to enough content out there that we will never be able to listen to it all. But what he also says to find a new way of doing it, I mean, yeah. who's on Pinterest? Right. Um, and the the after listening to my comments, I hope that people will say to themselves, oh, well, you know, to hell with her because she's telling me not to make another podcast. But I want them to really think about it. Is this the best way of getting your message out? And only if you're really serious and you've thought this through should you really probably go and do it? If you really want to go for it, I hope you do it. Great job. And you have a huge audience and you enjoy yourself, but remember that there's all kinds of other avenues you can, you can get involved in that are not necessarily the traditional podcasting and blog. You're, you have a limited time, you have limited resources. I think why jump really into a place new where ways of, of getting your, your message out there. And yeah, why compete with people who have been doing it forever, especially if you're new and passionate about it, when you can kind of forge your own pathway in a different medium? And this this kind of comes back to the GSOW project, which is uh, a small group of people that is international that I train and we read in all languages concerning scientific skepticism. But... People come to me all the time. They say, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and I'm arguing with these people, these creationists, these re religious extremists. And I look at them and I say, you don't have time for that. I mean, you're not convincing anybody. They're not reading the links you're putting up. You're arguing with these people. Your blood pressure is going up. You're losing sleep. You need to get off of these arguments, these crazy arguments, these circular arguments you're having with people and actually figure out how you can use your passion and your voice in a new way where you're actually making differences. And I tell them to come to GSOW. I'll train you. You'll be making improvements to Wikipedia. Millions of people will read what you write over time and you will really actually be making a difference and your blood pressure will go down and you're, you know, you'll have a better relationship and you'll be able to sleep at night. <laughs> this is actually so, something I mean, I've heard from people uh, like Matt Dillahunty who do a lot of debates, which is that, I could have lunch with, you know, William Lane Craig, a Christian apologist. Yeah, I'm sure he'd probably end it, you know, beating his head against the wall or something. But 
doing a debate with the guy is a different story because there it's not really about your opponent. This isn't just a Twitter battle where you're both like trying, you're both talking to a brick wall because neither of you is going to change your mind. It's really about the audience that gets to hear your perspective. That's who you're doing the debate for. It's not to change your opponent's mind. It's to influence the audience. And what you're saying with the Wikipedia stuff is that if you can write a good Wikipedia page, um, about an atheist or a topic relating to atheism, skepticism, that will probably reach way more people. And for example, if someone looks up homeopathy, if they reach something that you wrote about homeopathy that is properly cited, uh, properly written according to the rules of Wikipedia, that has a much better chance of influencing how that person thinks than whatever you try and argue with them about it over Twitter or email or something. Exactly. I think that that's kind of what I'm saying is that we need to assess we need to assess the the time we have to make better decisions because we are such a small community. We need to pick our battles, and I think by um, really trying to to zone in on what it is that we can do best that we have a passion for. If it's uh, UFOs or if it's uh, therapeutic touch or if it's homeopathy or if it's um, creationism, we need to find what we enjoy the most and go after it. But try to really think before you start another podcast, how best am I going to be able to get influence? And I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I and going to that, I wanted to talk, if I could about um, the influence that uh, the Friendly Atheist and Hemet has had on on uh, the work we do with the GSOW project. I won't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hemet, I've been following you your blog for, oh, I don't know, a few years, and I've listened to probably all the podcasts you've done. I really enjoy your, your interviewing style. I, you are definitely a friendly um, person, friendly atheist. I, I just love the whole message. Again, that's kind of a different way of doing things than maybe a couple guys just sitting and talking about their day, uh, you know, and about what's going on in the religion. You approach it. In a, that would in a be a very boring way. podcast, by the way, and for me, because I'm not doing there. anything. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> there's lots of them out there. Trust me. <laughs> and they last, you know, they last for a few months and then whatever. So, <clears throat> So going back to what I was going to say here, let me look at my notes. Sure. So um, reading through your blog and uh, listening to your podcast, the GSOW Project and myself, we get ideas about what we want to work on, what is in the news these days. And a couple things that have come from you are the After School Satan Wikipedia page that um, you had talked about many times. Uh, I'm hoping to see some nice updates on that soon because I'm, I'm fascinated by it. But one of my editors, um, Phil Huff, who's in New York, he um, he took it on and he wrote a nice little Wikipedia page for After School Satan. And this is basically the like after school club that's supposed to counter the good news club that Christians run, specifically targeting elementary school students and trying to convert them early. So the Satanic Temple said, well, we're going to do that too, but we're not going to convert them to like Satanism. We just want to teach them to think critically, um, but we're the ones running it. So we'll call it after school Satan. Just to really, you know, piss off the Christian, <laughs> right? And, hey, get, the, it's, it's and the, get the schools to think, Yeah. You know, 
Because they can't we, say no. If they say yes to the Christian club, they have no right to say no to the ass club. <laughs> so uh, when we write a Wikipedia page for somebody and they have to be noteworthy, which they were because of people like you and, and the media, then that gives them, how do I say, a respectability and, and you know. And the credibility you need on Wikipedia to say, look, this isn't just... Uh, a self-serving page. This isn't just a friend of mine. This is something people are actually talking about. Right. And so just having the Wikipedia page supports the project. And so that's something that GSOW is able to do. It's a tiny little page. They don't have a lot of citations. It's legitimately up there. They definitely deserve a Wikipedia page, but most people would never have written that Wikipedia page until maybe they became a big thing, you know, hit the news media big time. But, um, and, in relative scope, I mean, it's a, it's not something that's on most people's minds. But I guess the, one of the huge things about that is if people actually look up after school Satan, I mean, there's a couple things that could happen. One is they're going to come across probably a religious group talking shit about them. Um, on Google, because that's the reputation. But because Wikipedia has such power online, there's a good chance they would stumble now across that article and actually get an objective take on what the group is, what they're doing, why they're doing it. Um, and just to be clear, this is not a promotional thing, but mm-hmm. this is the sort of objective article that you won't get if you're reading like a, a Christian group's piece about them. Mm-hmm. And anybody listening, when you get back from your walk or your drive or whatever, Google after school Satan and see what is one of the first views you're going to get. And I wouldn't doubt it if with one of the, first hits you get is the Wikipedia page. And that's what we're doing. It's a way of giving good information out there to people who are curious about this. They're most likely to get a neutral place like After School Satan. And besides After School Satan, another one that really inspired me that you had done a lot of work on is um, talking about the invocations. Um, There's a man in Pensacola, Florida named David Sewer. I yeah. think that's how you yeah. say it, S-U-H-O-R, S-U-H-O-R um, if you guys want to Google that. And I was really impressed with the work this man has done. I He has um, a lot of nerve to be able to do what he's doing. And I was really, uh, I kept reading about him in your in your blog and, I, and you had him on your podcast. And I said, I'm going to try to write this guy a Wikipedia page. And I did. And it was, I learned so much. It was fascinating, just incredibly fascinating what what this man's been through what he's trying to accomplish and again it's kind of in your face like the after school satan and i put this page up i made it live um august 2016 and he's already had 35,000 views wow so you know somebody's interested i wouldn't doubt it if the people mentioned on his wikipedia page the um um you know the the boards, the commissioners, and the elected officials that are mentioned on his Wikipedia page, they probably don't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> right, so, but the guy who's causing God. them hell does. Yeah, and yeah the David, guy who's causing hell does. David is one of these guys who's been trying to say, look, if you're having Christian invocations at these meetings, well, I'm a, uh, what did he go by? I'm a pagan, I'm a Satanist, whatever he said at the time. Um, but he gives these invocations that really make them question whether they want to keep these invocations going. Right. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I had to watch and listen to so much 
uh, writing the Wikipedia page and listening to what he's gone through, I don't think I could do it. I don't think most of us would be able to handle the abuse he's taken. It's incredible. But um, Hemet, <laughs> I wanted readers to know, if you look up the David Sewer page, yeah. you're going you're gonna to see some nice quotes from you. And I, I just wanted to call out a couple because I think they're hilarious. I just, I, I think your humor is, is great. I don't even know what you're going to say. So now I'm really curious. <laughs> well, okay. So one of the things that David Sewer has, has been working on is a lawsuit against a cross, a Christian cross that's in a, a park in Florida. And it's called the Bayview Cross. And I guess it's still in litigation. But, um, you know, the, the, the people who support it are saying, oh, no, it's a veterans memorial. It's, 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 it's a veterans thing. You know, we're, we're here to honor our veterans, you know. And so I have this nice quote from you. It said, Hemet Mehta responded by saying that the plaque that accommodates the cross, and I quote you, has nothing to do with fallen soldiers, as well as saying, somehow a memorial to our veterans just happened to be built in the shape of a Christian cross. Don't connect the dots because this is really not about Jesus. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes. I love that. I, I said, oh, I, I got I to gotta put that in here somewhere. And I did. And then there's another really good one from you. Let me see if I can find it really quick. That is, uh, I, I think I've got you quoted on here many, many times, um, which is was fun. Um let me look really quick. Now, let me ask you, do I, I mean, if I'm reading Wikipedia, I'm wondering like, well, I'm not objective when I'm writing about these things. I clearly have a point of view here. Is it fair to include me in a Wikipedia article, even about someone like David Sewer? Oh, absolutely. Because you're, you're notable. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, what notability is. Let me get this great sure. quote here. One of the school boards in Florida, believe it or not, this is a school board that thinks it's a good idea to uh, have a Christian prayer and before each time. So after Sewer had been talking to the board and said that they should go to a moment of silence instead of a prayer, they decided to include a Jewish um, invocation. And they thought, okay, we've allowed our one Jewish invocation, and everybody else is Christian. So him at Metha, I have quoted on here saying that, well, isn't he Mr. Generous, expanding his base from Christians to Christians and one Jew? And I have that as a quote on there, and I think it's just really, really great. It's, it's just it's sarcasm. It That's all I have to work with. Otherwise, I would just be crying in the fetal position all day. <laughs> and then there's one more thing I want to mention, and that's Camp Quest. Yeah. Because... You did a, a whole series of, um, let me go to it. You did a whole series where you were updating about this Murrow Indian children's home that would not oh accept God. money from a, uh, a an atheist. atheist tried to give them money on behalf of his atheist group. It's a Christian charity, um, but they do good work with kids. So we wanted to give them money. They rejected his offer when he said, oh, make my donation on behalf of my atheist group. And they said, no, we don't want your money then. He's like, but it's for the kids. Take the money. And they wouldn't do it. And then he got pissed off. So he's like, well, screw you. I'm going to give you like 10 times as much in their honor. Now take their money. And they still said no. So he raised money online in the name of atheists to the tune of like 20 some thousand dollars. And they 28,000. 28,000. 28, and they still rejected the money. And at some point, he's like, well, if you're going to say no, I'll give it to Camp Quest since they help children, too. Um, granted, these are 
pretty much children of atheist parents now. Um, but it was just unbelie- unbelievable that this Christian charity refused to take money from a uh, from an atheist who was doing it on behalf of his atheist group because he wasn't asking for anything special. He was asking for them to take the money and give it the same sort of treatment they would any donation, which is to say, when you print your program and you say thanks to the following groups for giving donations, just include his. It's not an endorsement. Just put his name, his group's name on there. And they refused to do it. Right. Absolutely. It was started out with a $100 donation and it turned into $28,000. A lot of the people donating were Christians too. So yeah, they were. They were furious that anyone was rejecting that sort of generosity. (laughs) And then immediately after refusing the atheist donation, I have this written on the Wikipedia page for Camp Quest, you posted a Facebook post from the social services rep for the Murrow Home. The post stated... We are extremely behind on funds. I'm asking for you all to come consider donate anything. (laughs) Yeah. Then they were in a money crunch. (laughs) They were behind. Yeah. It was crazy. But anyway, so I've made this. I was looking for a Murrow Indian Children's Home Wikipedia page so I could post this on their Wikipedia page, but they don't have one and they're not notable enough to have one. But I was able to put a whole section on this on the Camp Quest Wikipedia page, which we rewrote, and it includes all this information about the Murrow Indian Children's Home. So if somebody's Googling Murrow Indian Children's Home, they're likely to get the Wikipedia page for Camp Quest. And if they get the Wikipedia page for Camp Quest, they've got two paragraphs that explain what happened and the hypocrisy and the money money that they would not take from an atheist group, and on and on and on. And it has links to everything, and it's got some great quotes. And, you know, this is how we're educating people that are not necessarily in our community. They're going to stumble across this by accident, probably. And they're going to get this story, and they're going to learn about the friendly atheist, and they're going to friend about him at Metha, and they're going to learn about Camp Quest, and they're going to learn about all kinds of things that they probably hadn't heard of before. Now, I I genuinely appreciate the kind words you're saying about me, but let me ask you, one thing is for the people who are new and want to get into any of this writing, podcasting, uh, vlogging, whatever it is, um, is there anything they can do to help you with information? Because, I mean, it's one thing for me. I mean, my job is basically talking about the news as it relates to atheists. But for other people, is there is this something they can help with? And the other thing is, let's talk about how we break some of these news stories outside of our bubble. And Wikipedia is certainly one amazing way to do that. But how do we, even our podcasts that we we're talking about, whatever ones we listen to, uh, you're on skepticality. You're, you're aware of SGU, all these other podcasts. How do we make sure they are being heard outside of our circles? I mean, I'm sure this is the same question anyone who does anything online in social media is trying to figure out. Okay, well, <clears throat> that's a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> One of the first things that people should do is, of course, just because they have a podcast doesn't mean we should all go listen to it. It needs to be a quality podcast, good interviews, or you know, good content. Um, otherwise they're just going to fall to the side. And again, I think that people should really consider before starting anything that they have some kind of message that is maybe unique that, uh, an approach, maybe they are ex Mormon or they're ex something and they have an uh, ex Scientologist. Um, what we can do as listeners is we really should be rating those podcasts on iTunes or any place where they have a review. 
I mean, we talk about that all the time, but it is important that we can get outside the community of normal atheists and skeptics because the, the rankings go up on iTunes whenever you have, you know, more, more, um, higher scores and you have, um, you know, more comments. So when they say rate a podcast, seriously, go and rate a podcast. I mean, if you enjoy it, share it. It's very true. And it doesn't have, it's, it's one of the things that when I talk to other people who do podcasts, it is frustrating. Um, I mean, I could say it all I want. Hey, please go rate our podcast and rate it really well if you like it. Uh, otherwise, don't rate it. But <laughs> but very few people actually go through with it and actually do that. I mean, the same thing happens on Amazon with books. I mean, exactly. usually the people commenting are the ones who genuinely hate your book. And that's the last thing you want to see. Like, uh, most authors don't deserve that. Only the horrible ones do. <laughs> but no, like, exactly. yeah, if you like an author, go give them a positive review or at least like a positive review someone else gave them or something. Absolutely. And and I think this comes down to what I said at the beginning. Most people listen to podcasts when they're driving, when they're walking, when they're gardening, they're, or they're washing dishes. They don't have the you know, the computer right in front of them. I almost never listen to a podcast with my computer in front of me. I just can't focus. I'm the same way. I I listen to everything in the car when I'm driving. Right. So you're not thinking, gee, as soon as I get to work, I better (laughs) go to uh, rate this podcast. What I've been wanting to do is get all podcasts out there to do a you know, like maybe when the time changes twice, twice a year, we do this giant marketing thing. <laughs> you get an extra of, hour. <laughs> you know, rate a podcast today, rate a book on Amazon, uh, you know, write a good comment that we should be aggressively joining together to say, this is the day to do it and share it on your, your social media and really try to promote them. Because, you know, guys listening, this is serious. We are not going to get anywhere by getting our message out and grow our community, if we don't support each other. And one of the easiest things you can do, it costs nothing. It takes a few minutes of your time is rate a podcast, review a book and share because it makes your, your, um, if you're on Facebook, this is something I was taught by Miles Power, who has a, um, a YouTube channel. Nice plug there, Miles, um, that, um, how to improve your ranking on Facebook is, you know, okay, let's say you have 5,000 friends. Yeah. Not all 5,000 friends receive your information in their feed. <laughs> it depends on how popular your Facebook page is. It depends on a ranking, some formula that Facebook has. And if you think of it this way, if you get a like on a post, that's one point. If you get a comment on your post, that's 10 points. If someone shares your content, that's 25 points. Okay, I'm making these yeah, numbers yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. But what it does is the more rankings you have, the more points your your Facebook page has, the more likely your post is going to show up in the feed of somebody else. So this is important. So if you... I remember... Uh, I'll tell you two quick stories about that. One is sure. that I remember seeing... This isn't someone I knew. I think maybe I saw it on Reddit or something. But someone had posted a message that started off with... It was a Facebook screenshot. But the... the uh, top of the message said, Hey everyone, I'm pregnant. 
and then like dot, dot, dot. Okay, no, I really just wanted to say something, get my get it off my chest about Donald Trump or whatever. But she knew that if she said the word pregnant or something, Facebook would elevate that status and everyone would like it or whatever, and then it would get seen by more people. So that was one thing. It's it That was clever. Okay. Um, but the other thing is that this is something, I know you're right about this because we've experienced it too, which is that our Facebook page for The Friendly Atheist has close to half a million likes, which sounds awesome. But the truth is, I could post an article on there that is literally seen. I mean, I get the view numbers as an administrator of the page. It's like a couple hundred people saw it. (laughs) It's like, that's it. All those people like the page, but like not even a percent of them actually saw this thing. Um, And as someone whose bread and butter is the website, um, I cannot tell you how important it is to me, more so than even rating the podcast on Facebook or iTunes or whatever. It's I need people to share the articles that I'm writing on Friendly Atheist. So when people retweet an article, that matters so much. When people share it on Facebook, that matters a ton um, because that is how I actually get paid to do things. Um, that The sharing, that matters a ton. So if you want to help out in any way, but you can't contribute money or something, man, that is the way to do it. Yeah. And I think people just don't think of it. They think, well, they probably look at it and say, he's got a half a million, you know, viewers, right. likes. Why, why would <laughs> Facebook I, doesn't why do send I me any it? checks. It's, <laughs> that's not how it works. Right. And so, <laughs> and again, people aren't really listening to this in a place where their computer is right in front of them. They're not, it's just, that's just, the way we listen to podcasts. And I think that we, I would, I seriously, I think we should have a campaign twice a year that we really get into it. And we, it's like, love your podcast or promote your podcast or some kind of activism that, that as a whole, we could all say, all right, you guys, enough is enough. You need to help us out. You know, you've been listening to our content for free for, you know, all year long. And, and we want some love back. And that's kind of what and we're not asking for money. money. We're just asking you to rate it, to upvote it, whatever it and takes. Share it. Share right. it. And a good friend of mine, Brian Dunning from the Skeptoid podcast, another shameless plug. He has um, talks about this often. He gets millions of downloads. He's one of the top viewed skeptic um, podcasts out there. And he has a huge piece of the pie in viewership or listenership, I should say. He has a blog. He has all kinds of different things, but he only gets maybe 2%. And that's a lot of the people who follow his, his work actually donate. And that's crazy because we've been listening to him for what, eight years or something like that and not contributing back. We're not giving him back. We're just sitting there listening to him, expecting him to give us all his time, all his work for free. And we're not sharing the love. We're not supporting him. And I find that just, just offensive. Lots of podcasts, uh, the skeptic zone, Richard Saunders, really amazing podcast. I contribute to that because, you know, they're going to have to go to ads or they're going to have to stop podcasting because we're not helping them out. We're not supporting them back. I mean, it could be as little as $2 a month, $4 a month. Yeah, that's that's not that big a deal. I definitely don't disagree with you. I mean, for all the content creators out there, even on YouTube, I've seen a bunch of them do Patreon pages as well. Um, Podcasts, the same thing. We do it too. And I mean, I would just add one thing, which which is to say, 
I spent the beginning of my whole activist career when I was working with organizations. I was a college student and and even a little beyond that, where I really wasn't making any money and or doing anything where I could support these sorts of things had they existed at the time. Um, now I am like now I can donate to some of these uh, places that I really appreciate. But I would say to anybody, and this is going back to what we said earlier, even if you can't give them money or anything, but you appreciate the content, you listen to it all the time, you enjoy it all the time. If you can't donate, then just share it. Because believe me, that stuff amplifies quickly and it matters way more, I would argue, then I would rather someone share stuff than give like a dollar a month. Like it would mean it would make a bigger difference, I think, in the long run. And this comes back to what I've been talking about is actually having the backs of these people. So, you know, yeah, we can't all financially support somebody. I think that we probably most of us can share two or three dollars a month. I don't think that's probably a big a big deal for most people. And um, yeah, it's it's something we should be doing, but we need to have their backs by sharing, commenting, posting, all those different kinds of things. But what the GSOW project does is we are trying to have your back in a unique way that really makes a big impact because, again, having a respectable Wikipedia page is going to get you farther in Google searches. And then when the media is interested in you, let's say after school, Satan is a little tiny thing, like I said, but something could happen. Some big deal could happen any day now. And all of a sudden, every eye is on Google trying to find out what this after school Satan thing is. And boom, they're going to find the Wikipedia page and they're going to know it's it's noteworthy. It's respectable. Here's the facts. Here's some great citations they can follow to get more information. Here's the contact people. Here's what it's all about. And here's photos. Here's all these things that they can learn in a little nutshell in a place that you know, they're already comfortable using Wikipedia. And that's how we have your back. And we can do that with podcasts as well. I need editors. I need people to train. This is not something you enter into lightly necessarily because it isn't, it's a big deal. We train you. It takes months. And it, but you got to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it right. But when you leave my training, you're going to be a damn good editor. <laughs> I mean, we will train you. We will make you into an exceptional Wikipedia editor. You'll be able to make a difference in the world in ways that you would never, ever be able to approach with people who are, you know, arguing on Twitter or Facebook. For example, we keep track on the GSOW project of all the edits we make that are sizable edits, you know, like rewriting a Wikipedia page completely or creating a fully beautiful Wikipedia page. We keep track of that. And we're just about to hit 9 million views, page views. And we've been around maybe six years. And this is, this is, um, in many languages we write in Russian and Italian and, and German and, you know, Portuguese and Dutch and all kinds of different languages. And because it's too important, we need to get the message out beyond just this English only world. And I think that we're totally ignoring that we're, we've ignored, we're only looking at it from English and it's, it's such a shame because there's so many people who really need to have this information in Arabic speaking countries, um, in, um, in Hindi, in, you know, all kinds of different areas. And we're just totally ignoring them because we want to just keep focusing on English 
So, so if you have another language, please do a podcast. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So Write a blog. If you can do something, if you if you have this unique voice and you can put out a blog, podcast, whatever, go for it. More power to you. But here is another way if you are interested in being an activist of some sort, or maybe you want to stay behind the scenes if you're not comfortable with your name being out there. This is another fantastic way to do it. So, Susan, if anyone wants to help you with this Wikipedia project, what should they do? Okay. Well, first thing you need to do is you need to really think about it. You're listening to a podcast with you and I talking. We're going to try it's you know, obviously I'm trying to sell you on it. So think about it because this is a commitment. Um, it will take weeks or months to go through my training. You will be joined with us in, uh, we're a very social group. We are on a secret, um, Facebook page. So you have to be a member of Facebook. So that's just the only way it's going to happen. Our Facebook group is called a secret cabal (laughs) and it, it really is. And, um, it's, hidden away. You can't just join it. I have to let you in. You have to have a Wikipedia account and you have to have done a little research. I'm not going to even give you my email because you need to be somebody <laughs> who can find an email. It's pretty easy to Google Susan Gerbic, but, uh, or Girl Skepticism on Wikipedia. We're on Facebook and we're also on, um, you know, just the internet, just into the whole. So think about it and then come and talk to me later. We have 85 people right now. The other thing, um, I, I want to really talk about before we sign off is this idea of notability because um, I think we keep alluding to it as we're, we've been talking today and I don't think we've gotten to it. Not, people are constantly asking me about this. And, so yeah, what uh, makes after school Satan worthy of a face uh, of a Wikipedia page, but maybe another group is not right. Okay. So it is secondary sources by notable people writing in notable places. It could be positive or it could be negative. So, for example, um, After School Satan has had several news articles written about them or media like TV shows, TV, TV news. And that is what's making it notable. If it is a notable Christian site who is attacking them, then that helps make them notable as well. So it is secondary sources proving that they are notable. For example, I get so much. That's why I wanted to really address it with your community is that the atheists are under attack. Okay. Um, on Wikipedia, they are not. They absolutely are not. I have never, ever, ever seen anybody um, who has approached me who said, well, they shut me down or they don't want our message or, or they took my edit out because they're biased. No, it doesn't work like that. There are serious rules to Wikipedia and they have to be followed equally. You know, I cannot shut down a psychic Wikipedia page if I and then, you know, with turn a blind eye to an atheist's Wikipedia page. They have to the rules are equal. So I have to be really, really firm on that. Okay, let's let's look at one that's really been um, a bane for us is uh, Seth Andrews. Sure. So great podcaster. Uh, does a really good job with the Thinking Atheist on YouTube as well. He seems like someone who's notable and should have a Wikipedia page. So what's the problem there? Okay, well, what happened with Seth Andrews is, yeah, he's got a huge following. He's very popular. We're, we know him well. He's, you know, he's, I, know, I know him, but I didn't know him at the time. So we decided, I think he had spoke at a conference in um, Britain, uh, QED, 
And some of my GSOW editors were there and they said, oh, we've got to get a Wikipedia page for this guy. So they came home and they started working on it and they wrote a Wikipedia page. And, you know, of course, there was a little hero kind of thing. They're just really like, wow, this guy's just so great. But he wasn't noteworthy enough to have a Wikipedia page. And he was like a gray area. He has books, but they're self-published. That's a problem. So you can have, that's not necessarily noteworthy. You has a huge following. Well, so do psychics. It doesn't mean that they're, that they're noteworthy just because they have a following. You have to have people writing about you or, and uh, doing, um, you know, secondary interviews. They're talking about the person. That makes them noteworthy. And Seth Andrews just didn't have it. He didn't, he's done lots of interviews, but that's primary. We can use a primary source. If he goes on and talks about what his upbringing was like and, you know, who his favorite second grade teacher was and how he inspired him to be a critical thinker, I can mention that on his Wikipedia page. But that's not grounds enough to give him noteworthiness. He has to have um, his critics who are noteworthy writing about him and saying, this guy is someone to watch. He's because he's wrong he's about everything. If they're he's wrong about everything, <laughs> yeah. So his critics will make him uh, have a Wikipedia page. I mean, there's this old story that you know James Randi and Uri Geller were would not be the the powerhouses they are without each other. You have to have that yin and yang kind of thing, and so. So now does Seth have a page? Okay, so what happens? We wrote the Wikipedia page, and somebody put it up for deletion. And then people are trying to make arguments why it should be kept. And really, to be honest with you, I think probably at the time there wasn't enough citations. It was a gray area. But so it was taken down. And that was, you know, people were just saying all sorts of horrible things about, oh, well, they don't like atheists. And, you know, and it's it's all a conspiracy against atheism. It's like, no, you have to understand the rules, you know, just shut up and, and stop because you're sounding stupid and you're making people and making <laughs> Wikipedia look bad. And you're and you're really sounding like you've got an agenda yourself. And it just it really makes me upset because it isn't the fact that is not the fact. Well, what happened is my editors wrote him a Wikipedia page in Russian and then they wrote him a Wikipedia page in Dutch because the rules are not quite as, you know, they're a little different. So they so he had this absolutely amazing Wikipedia in Russian and a Wikipedia page in Dutch. And so then just a few months ago, somebody put up his Wikipedia page again, uh, the one that had been deleted, and they made changes to it. And we said, oh, my gosh, we didn't put it up. But we thought, oh, no, it's going to get taken down again. So we rushed into it and we managed to save it because we found enough citations to prove that he's noteworthy. Oh, good. But it was so it's but it was a, it was a long slog to get there. It took us probably two or three years to get that page <laughs> to stay. And uh, most of the time it wasn't there. And, you know, it's you have to have, like I say, you have to have noteworthy citations. Somebody noteworthy has to make you noteworthy. You you do newspaper interviews or not interviews. Newspaper people come to you and say, I have. OK, let's say somebody's an expert on UFOs. So something appears in a in a city they have to have somebody to call or to talk to about that UFO sighting. So they would reach out to somebody and they'd say, you know, I'm going to talk to this guy because he knows all about that. And then they write a little thing and they do a little interview and they quote that person about that UFO. What they've just done 
is they've made that person an expert because they reached out to him. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So in a way that makes that person the expert on UFOs. So if you get enough of that, that is enough to give you a Wikipedia page. And that just sounded really bad, but that is kind of how it happens. Like I have a Wikipedia page and the reason why I have a Wikipedia page is because people like Rupert Sheldrick and Deepak Chopra write about me and talk <laughs> about me. And same with Natural News, the uh, Mike Adams, the, the, the quackery site that just has been kind of taken down sort of by Google just recently. He's written at least three or four blogs, his people, about me. And because they're noteworthy and Deepak Chopra is noteworthy and Rupert Sheldrick's noteworthy and the Brzezinski Clinic is noteworthy – they writing about me and talking about what I'm doing and how horrible it is. And I'm trying to insert um, good scientific criticism on Wikipedia and I'm running a secret cabal and I'm you know, <laughs> trying to do these horrible things to get them off of Wikipedia and shut them down, which of course I'm not. But let them go on and on and on because it just makes my Wikipedia citation stronger. Huh. So the book dropper finally did something good. Uh, he did. He, he's, he's been, you know, of course he's probably forgotten about me now, but at the time it was enough to get, um, my Wikipedia page up. So, and then what that does is once you're noteworthy, like him at Meta is noteworthy, you are noteworthy. You have a strong Wikipedia page. That means when you write something and you say some kind of quote, then we can turn around and use that quote hmm. on another Wikipedia page. It's like a cycle. We're a giant ecosystem. And that's why we have to know each other. We have to support each other. We have to know what the other person's doing because we, 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 we go from each other. And, and in turn, by making you a stronger figure in the, in the community, then you can support new people who are coming up like this Alex O'Connor person and others. And, and when you talk about after school Satan, it becomes important to you. Then I'm listening and I'm reading about these things that you're you're writing about. And that makes me go, hmm, that sounds interesting. I think we'll try to do that next. And it's just a cycle. Again, you know. This is an interesting power that I have that I did not realize. You didn't realize it. And I kind of didn't want you to know because I don't want you necessarily <laughs> to write things uh, just so I can use on Wikipedia. But we have <laughs> done that. We've done that many times. And so I have too much um, to think about to think about how is this going to look on Wikipedia. It's all good. (laughs) I I don't have the time to completely follow you all the time. It's all good. (laughs) Join everyone in my inner. (laughs) My family doesn't read anything. It's all good. (laughs) But the point is, is that I like when we go back to the uh, David Sewer page, some of the comments he made and uh, the comments he made that I was able to quote you in other places or my team was able to quote you in other places. You're actually... Um, I should mention that you're actually on the Westboro Baptist Wikipedia page. Oh, dear God. Yes, you are. And I, I'm very <laughs> proud of seeing your name on their page. We re, we rewrote the... As long as Wikipedia. I'm on the list of who's going to hell on their page. <laughs> we, we wrote you... We rewrote the Wikipedia page for Nathan Phelps about a day before his father went into hospice. Oh. So when we got the... When we published the Wikipedia page for Nathan Phelps... We went to the Westboro Baptist page and the Fred Phelps Wikipedia pages because they're all different. And we mentioned Nathan Phelps on all those pages so that whenever the media went to. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Fred Phelps is in the, you know, in hospice. The Wikipedia views for Nathan Phelps shot up like 
Oh, a thousand I'm sure. Times. Yeah. And then when his father actually died, again, the Wikipedia page views for Nathan Phelps shot up. And what people found is they went to Nathan Phelps' page, the Wikipedia page, and they said, this guy's reasonable. This guy's sane. He's a public speaker. He's right. got videos. He's got a story. Let's interview him about his dad. Wow. Because this So it actually guy, boosted uh, Nathan's profile in a way exactly. that might have gone unexpected. We've done this many, many times, but we don't talk about it a lot because we don't really want to, you know. Well, that's not the ultimate goal, but that's a nice consequence of it. Well, it is an, it is an ultimate goal. It really is because I'm out to promote our community, our mm. conferences, our people who are doing good work. But by doing that, I'm going to focus on Wikipedia pages that are of interest to me. I am making Wikipedia better, as are all of my editors. Right. One last question before we go, which is that, are there other groups on Wikipedia that are kind of doing what Guerrilla Skeptics is doing, which is to say we want to improve all the Wikipedia pages in this particular topic we really care about? Because I don't know, in my head, I always imagine Wikipedia editors as like one-offs being hunched over in a basement somewhere. But are there other groups doing what you all are doing, but in a different realm? Yes and no. Uh, no one is doing it to the scale that we are because we re I actually lecture on this. In fact, I will be doing lectures on this. I, I lecture all over the world on this project in the skeptic world. Um, no one is doing that kind of thing. No one is recruiting people to train and no one is training those people and no one is doing it in multiple languages and no one is doing it off of Wikipedia because we're, we're training and we're talking about this in the secret cabal. So no one, to my knowledge, has ever tried anything like this because it's it's insane. It's uh, something I spend 40 hours a week on or more, and I love it, and I would spend more um, if I have more people to train. So no, absolutely not. But there are Wikipedia groups on Wikipedia that people who are pretty much already trained can join that will improve a Wikipedia page for a city or a topic like bowling or, you know, porn stars or um, something that interests them. So, yes, lots of people with agendas, you know, I know I'm going to get that question because people are going to say I have an agenda. And yes, I do, because I'm editing things that I find of interest. So that is therefore something that I have an agenda in. Right. But, but doing it in a it proper objective way. A proper way. Yes, I'm definitely doing that. Every edit that everybody makes is always public. So if somebody has a problem with anything I'm doing, they can look at my edits right. and see that I'm not doing it that way. We are definitely following the rules of Wikipedia, but I am focusing on pages that I find of interest in exactly the same way that everybody else does. So yeah, people are doing this it's anonymous. They don't know each other. I think that's one of the big failings of Wikipedia in a lot of ways is that there's no, they don't have a, a camaraderie, camaraderie. These people are, um, are one type people, you know, they're like one person in a basement. Yeah, maybe, or <laughs> wherever they are, they don't usually know their real name. They don't, um, interact with them. They don't have, you know, talk about their cats or, or, you know, anything like that in the secret cabal, we're a social group. We all know each other. We're all Facebook friends and we interact with each other. We're interacting with people all over the world who are speaking many different languages, even though, you know, we don't speak those other languages. Obviously anybody who comes to train with me is going to have to have a good understanding of English, whether or not it's good enough to edit in Wikipedia is not important because I don't need that. I can train you. You could be a Spanish speaker, native Spanish speaker, 
who can read and write in English enough that I can still train you and you could be a great editor in Spanish Wikipedia and still contribute to the social cabal and to, you know, read posts and comment and that kind of thing. That's awesome. But, um, well, I guess if anyone's interested, uh, find you online, there's a way to do it. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, if you're interested, we could always use more people, uh, joining the gorilla skeptics, uh, adding to the Wikipedia knowledge that we have about atheists, uh, psychics, all those pseudoscience uh, topics too, because that's usually the first thing people look at if they're interested in those subjects. And it'd be nice that they're getting good information instead of biased, bad information. So yeah, it's a great project. If you can join it, Uh, Susan, I always appreciate your kind words and uh, keep up the awesome work. Thank you, Emma, and keep doing what you're doing. Hey, everybody out there, make sure you go and, and uh, like some things on Hemet's page and share. Share. And give him some uh, <laughs> nice kudos on iTunes and all those things. And, you know, donate a little, you know, go go without a, a coffee today. And, I, you know, donate that money to Hemet. These guys, they do this. They're not I don't making disagree. money. <laughs> They're not getting wealthy. I'm telling you. And they don't want to talk about it. They, they Every one of these podcasts is kind of like at the end of the podcast. Oh, and if you'd like to donate a little bit to Patreon pages, <laughs> that is nice. a that it's is like, a no, topic. You that, need to be out there marketing yeah. for yourself and saying, "Buy my swag and <laughs> get and get you know and throw me some cash." I'm tired of doing this for free. Where are where's you know? Give me some love. I I don't have a problem saying that, but because it's true, we need to we need to support our people. Well, we need I appreciate to have that. And we need to we need to support you and all the others. And if somebody wants to start some kind of project where we can have one or two days a year that's all we focus on is supporting people i you know i'll be 100 percent behind that I love i'll it. write you a wikipedia page <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome thank you susan as always thanks emmett